Hey everyone, this is Joe from the Be Kind Podcast and Animal Advocates of South Central PA. And South Be Kind Podcast is part of the Animal Advocates mission to make a more compassionate world for all living creatures. And today I have the pleasure of being joined by Amber, one of our volunteers and an active member of the local vegan community. Hi Amber. Hey Joe, how's it going? <laughs> hey everybody, how are you? It's funny because it sounds like we were just started talking, but we've been talking for like 20 minutes. <laughs> I know, that is kind of funny. <laughs> so uh, I always like to start off every episode with just a little how we've been veganing is what I call it. So what I've been doing that's very vegan quirk is kind of just going to all the different vegan websites and seeing what's out there. I've been checking out humanepa.com or .org, humanepa. And that's a website devoted towards the legislature and advocacy for animals on a legal and more policy level. So it's really dorky and not that. No, crazy. actually, that's pretty interesting. Like, it's good to know that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's cool because it gives you like little call to actions, too, that you can use. Yeah, like that. that's not dorky at all. That's informative. Like, that's, I think that's good outreach. Like, that's awesome. What have you been up to? Well, I mean, well, lately we've had uh, this coronavirus, so, you know, I've had a lot of free time on my hands. Um, I've been spending it, you know, just mostly enjoying time with my cats because that's what I can do and social distancing outside when I can and going to the grocery store. <laughs> but um, other than that, you know... Um, Prior to the uh, coronavirus, I uh, I was I was doing a lot of activism stuff, and I was really starting to get into it. And then you know the, this kind of hit, and it kind of put a halt to that. But you know, hopefully that'll pick back up because like I'm excited for that. The animal advocates, we are looking at the schedule for all of our, all of our events, and say, well, this one probably won't happen. This one probably won't happen. This one definitely won't happen. Yeah, uh, it is what it is, but we just kind of got to grit our teeth and get through it. So, Amber, what takes up most of your time? Well, um, lately I've been trying and attempting to make masks and have oh, somehow messed up my sewing machine, can't get it fixed, trying this, trying that. You know, so that's been taking up some of my time. Um, I like to do, like, arts and crafts type things. Fortunately, the place I live in now, I can't do that because I used to love to refinish furniture. Like, that was, like, just my passion, like, seeing old furniture and, like, looking at it and seeing its potential. Like, it's just like that. I love it. I love it. And I'll be moving here soon, so I'll have the opportunity to do that, you know, and... You know, I love I love volunteering and um, taking care of you know animals in general. And you know, I have two cats, um, Ellie and Macy. Macy, of which is she is five, and Ellie just turned five actually. And um, they're both rescues. <laughs> they're my girls. They're spoiled. <laughs> I don't think there's such a thing as an unspoiled cat, to be honest. I know, right? Even the outside cats that I take care of, like, I spoil them, too. Sometimes I look at what I feed my dogs and cats, and I compare it to what I eat, and I think to myself, something's not right here. 
They're getting I all this know. nice, high-quality stuff. I'm sitting here having rice and beans for the eighth time. <laughs> rice and beans? What's wrong with rice and beans? <laughs> That's all you eat? For dinner, mostly, yeah. Because you can put different okay. stuff in them. It's a blank canvas on which to paint your meal. Okay, all right. But oh, I thought it was just rice and beans. Because I was going to say. No like, seasoning, no fixings. Options, and we can go into them in further detail if needed. Now, there's websites for that. I don't want to recreate the wheel over here. Next thing that would be of interest is just talking about how you came to start practicing veganism and what it means for you. Okay, well, um, I mean, I'll start out by saying, you know, I am chronically ill. Um, I do have multiple conditions, um, of which started in roughly around 2016. Around May of uh, 2018, I think it was, my sister asked me one day if I wanted to go to the farm. And I said to her on the phone, what? Like, I was very confused. I was lost. I had no clue what was going on. And then she began to tell me about it was a farm sanctuary, you know, and I went and like, I found that like, this place was a sanctuary for rescue and abused and, you know, injured and farm animals and they had lives and they had souls and they had meaning and you know I did start volunteering there and I was very active volunteering there and unfortunately my condition got a little worse so I did have to stop but I will say that you know over the time that I volunteered there I was slowly cutting out like meat just because like I really just had no appetite for it just like I had no desire like it just I, I didn't feel like I needed it to, to, to make me healthy to make me like keep going you know that type of thing so you know on January 11th of 2019 I kind of had like uh what do they call it the um you know an epiphany you know and i was just like i'm gonna choose veganism as a lifestyle like i'm not i don't need me like i don't i don't need that i i couldn't after being at a farm sanctuary you know like with the opportunity to have a chicken sit on my lap. Do you understand, like, the joy that could bring to, like, somebody? Like, never in a million years, if you told me that, like, I'd have a chicken sitting on my lap or a sheep sitting beside me, you know? And I decided that I didn't want to be a part of that. That is a very interesting transition because it is... We almost were doing it for health and ethical reasons at the same time, going down the same direction. Because so many times people start for health reasons and then they go to ethical reasons or they go for ethical reasons and they get all these health benefits. I very rarely hear someone having the almost co-current transitions that you did. Well, it was just, I literally formed instant connections, bonds, like with, with these animals, like 
spiritually, you know what I mean? On a level that, like, they knew me. They felt comfortable when I was doing things that the trust, like, you could see the level of trust. Like, and I can't tell you, like, I mean, we went to the uh, pig sanctuary down in Maryland, and that place was amazing, and I loved it. And then we went to here with us farm sanctuary, and the soulful eyes of a cow are breathtaking. I have to agree. I love cows, too. Just seeing them makes me so happy. Well, seeing them in the right context makes me so happy. I get very sad when I see the cows on the side of the road. I know. And it breaks my heart, like, to see that. And and that's why I decided I have a bond with these animals. Why? What makes cats and dogs different? Answer? Not a whole lot. Cultural norms and uh, societal conditioning. That's about it. Exactly. And, like, as far as, like, health, like, I'll go back to that, you know, Joe. Like, I mean, I do have a lot of, like, rheumatologic autoimmune conditions. And eating vegan has helped a good amount of them to the point where I don't have to take the medication. So it sounds like you transitioned almost into your diet towards veganism. You didn't go from steak and ice cream to whole food plant-based diet overnight. It sounds like it was more gradual. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was kind of both. It got to a point where, like, I mean, in December-ish, I guess, of, what, 2018, um... You know, where I'd eat, like, I would try and eat chicken from, like, you know, a Chinese food restaurant place. And I'm like, you know, this just doesn't seem cooked. And, like, it kind of, like, that's kind of how I started to kind of cut it out and to realize. That, and, you know, my sister's been vegan for quite some time now, as you know. I was able to fall back on her for a lot of advice and like we have cooking like bowl prior to Corona. We would have like, you know, like cooking days where we would like make meals for like three or four days, like cool things. And that's the stuff that like I'm excited to do once I move because my kitchen's just not big enough. I wish it was. Sounds like having your sister there as a support as you were doing it too was a great way to push you over the edge and make you take the leap. Yeah, well, and I mean, like, it's even gone as far as my mom doesn't eat meat. My dad only eats fish. I mean, that's, it's better than nothing. He's trying. And as you were going in towards veganism, how did the conversations go with your healthcare providers? You know, some of them were actually, like, really concerned just that I wasn't going to get enough nutrients and that I wasn't going to, like, get enough vitamins and stuff like that. So, you know, they ran my panel to see how it was. And at that time, I believe I was vegan probably about a month or so. 
So a good enough amount that my labs would have changed and they were all good. And so every once in a while, they'll just check certain levels on me. And, you know, a lot of them have said that it's kind of been a lifesaver for me. It helps a lot of my conditions, my inflammation, my gastroparesis, my headaches, my migraines. I feel more inspired to do things. I don't feel as laggy, you know? Like, I don't feel that, like, ugh feeling after you, like, eat something that is, like, ugh, you know, meat. Yeah, I totally get that. It's the when you eat right on a vegan diet. Well, I say right. I don't like using that word. When you eat a vegan diet in a certain way, it's very hard to get that disgusting, bloated, awful feeling that you get a lot of times when you eat animal products. Exactly. And that alone is worth it. I wouldn't be addressing the elephant in the room if I didn't bring up COVID-19. What's your vegan take on the whole situation? Um, that, to me, it's heartbreaking because, I mean, I just, I, I read an article just today that a bunch of chickens were killed due to lack of staffing. That, to me, breaks my heart. And the fact that Trump find something that says that meat plants are to be open and you know they're not they're not they're not being treated right i they're understaffed obviously and i mean they're never treated right in my opinion in in that form they're not they're they're not meant to be like that us having to stay at home just for a short period of time and the amount of stir crazy that people have gone through is nothing compared to what they have to endure. It's like that meme you see all over the place where it's the picture of uh, you staring out your window and a picture of a picking or uh, picking chicken or pig in a factory farm has really makes you think like, wow, I couldn't imagine life like that, and especially once you go to a farm sanctuary and you see all these animals as individuals instead of just commodities, it makes all that more heartbreaking, like you've said. Right, and those individuals are souls, and those souls have personalities like you wouldn't believe. So it's heartbreaking to me, and as far as getting, like, vegan things that really hasn't been like a challenge for me like grocery shopping wise or anything like that before i do want to kind of go more organic coming up here soon just because you know it's a lot more healthier for you as you know yeah um but i think i'm holding off any big dietary changes until after it's not terrifying to go to the grocery store i go there exactly. i just beeline i know exactly where everything is grab it out of there uh-huh. yep. so you mentioned that you uh volunteer with the animal advocates and i plan to do so more what kind of advocacy do you enjoy doing with the animal advocates and how do you see yourself getting more involved i am pretty easy to get along with people generally like me 
I'd like to do like outreach thing, um, voiceless for the anonymous. And I, I enjoyed that because I enjoyed seeing people's reactions to reality that I was naive to. And the true definition of naive is not knowing. So, I, I mean, I didn't know these things, and I learned them, and I decided I didn't want to take part in it anymore. And I see myself kind of growing advocately, like outreach-wise and talking to people, because that's what I enjoy doing, and definitely, definitely volunteering more and going to like farm sanctuary events, stuff like that, like just anything to help any individual. A lot of times during outreach events, no matter what organization it is, they show footage from slaughterhouses or other graphic footage of animals. Did you see any of that when you were transitioning to veganism? All right. So you have two types of vegans. You have the ones that are able to watch that, and then you have the ones that aren't. I'm I'm the one in the middle where if I have to, I will. I don't like to. I know what happens, and that's heartbreaking enough. I mean, like, I've gotten to the point where I've seen a video and I've called the company and actually talked to somebody on the phone for 45 minutes. Like, that's the type of, like, outreach I do. Like, I go that far. Like... Well, one thing I've learned through this whole COVID thing is that people are amazing at ignoring emails and text messages but actually pretty good at picking up the phone when you call. So pro tip for anything during this is pick up the phone and call somebody if you want your voice to be heard. Exactly. You mentioned that some vegans can't watch the footage because I don't watch it. I'm already vegan. I'll need to see it. And I'm actually pretty uncomfortable showing it to people during outreach because you your transitions show that there is a much more adorable alternative of just going to a farm sanctuary and loving animals instead of watching them be killed. So I think if you don't want to show people that footage or watch it yourself but still need some extra motivation, I would highly recommend checking out farm sanctuaries, either their social media accounts or going there in person. Right. And I mean, like I said, like, if I have to watch that footage, and by have to, I mean go to an event that is showing that footage, I will do so because I am very good with people. I might touch a couple people's lives. And that, to me, is enough. All I got to do is... Go out there and plant seeds and hope they grow into a beautiful, beautiful vegan plant. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, you always have those people who think that it's expensive. You can't. No, no. Listen, there are websites where you can, like, live vegan for $20 a week. $20 a week. 
Now, like, honestly, you're going to throw in some extras and stuff like that. But, like, let's be honest. The average person spends, what, like $100 at the grocery store? I'm spending, like, 35 to 40 My next question is, as someone who made this transition, who was dealing with health issues and had a lot of uncertainty in her life, what would your advice be to someone in a similar position thinking about going to veganism? I mean, I would definitely recommend downloading an app called (laughs) Is It Vegan? Because it's actually a barcode scanner that you can scan it and it can let you know if it's vegan or not. So if you don't know the ingredients to look for, then it'll tell you and you'll start to become familiar with those and then you can just pick up the box and you know, you know, and you start to learn things and tips and tricks and there's actually a 22-day program that gives you a dietitian that gives you inspiration that lets you, you know, um, actually guide you through it because it takes 21 days to change a habit. And they're there for 22. That extra day for that extra day of motivation. I learned something new today. But that sounds like a fantastic app because when I first went vegan, grocery shopping took so long because I had to look at the oh, labels. It still took me so long, trust me. And people probably thought I was nuts because I was scanning things. <laughs> like, Looking at the ingredients and thinking, you know, is that vegan? Is that... is? And it's a lot easier than, you know, like looking it up on Google all the time. And, you know, like as far as restaurant goes, Happy Cow, you know, you can look up a bunch of vegan restaurants on there. So when you're traveling and it's gotten so much easier for the on the go, even as I've transitioned and it's only been like a year and almost four months for me. Hey, you made it through so, a round of holidays, so you're in the clear. That's always the toughest one. It's the first year of I holidays. Have a, I have a tofurkey that is like stuffed with the stuffing in the refrigerator. And let me tell you what, I'm going to have my own Thanksgiving. It's at Wise for like five bucks. I don't know why, but they're still good. Would you believe if I told you I've never had a tofurkey and I've been vegan for almost six years? Stop. I get like the, uh, oh my gosh, I get like the tempeh and like the bacon. I just started getting that and I get like the lunch meat a lot. So therefore I can like make sandwiches and stuff like that for lunch because like you don't want like something heavy like a quarter pound meat. This is my favorite. The Meat Lovers Meatless Quarter Pound Cheeseburger. I love it. It's my favorite. going to quickly devolve into a conversation about food if we're not careful, which happens a lot with vegans, I'm discovering. Just, oh, it does, it does, it does. You either start talking about cats or food. Well, my cat got off my lap and he's just sitting on a chair next to me looking grumpy. All right, we're coming up on the half hour mark. I don't like to take these too far over half an hour. So any final words or parting thoughts before we sign off? Vegan isn't being perfect. I've messed up and I've felt bad, but I've learned. 
That is sage advice. Don't beat yourself up too much. We all get vegan burned. It happens to all of us. We mentioned this on an earlier episode where someone was vegan and stopped being vegan, but then went vegan again. That you can always go and go back. If you fall off the wagon, you can get right back on. Exactly. Well, Amber, it's been a pleasure talking to you, as always, and thank you so much for being on the podcast. And if you, listener, would like to be on the podcast, you can send us an email at bekindpodcast at gmail.com or just message the Animal Advocates of South Central PA on Facebook. Well, Joe, I want to thank you so much for having me, and, you know, I look forward to the future events that will come, and I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I like your positivity. Keep our heads up. It will happen. Yes, absolutely. We will get through this.